Welcome to the Dropship Podcast, where you'll learn how to build and grow a high-ticket dropshipping business and hear stories from successful e-commerce entrepreneurs. Let's kick this thing off. Hey, welcome to the Dropship Podcast, another Tactical Tuesday episode, and uh, today is a fun one, actually. I'm excited to talk about SEO. I could talk about it all day. Yeah, this is your stuff, man. This is Benny's time. <laughs> Benny, I, <laughs> I just did it again. Uh, I enjoy this stuff. Uh, I could talk. About, I literally could talk about SEO all day. I just I see everything through a keyword lens, and I think I think once you see it, you can't unsee it. But maybe that's just like some special gift I have. I, I don't know. I it, it excites me to do this for any business, and I think for high ticket dropshipping specifically, this is relatively straightforward how to do this. Yeah, cue uh, reference to Ben being Neo in the Matrix and seeing all of the little SEO keywords floating down. But seriously, uh, SEO, it's 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 one of the or the most important marketing thing you can do, strategy for a high-ticket dropshipping business, I think. I think it's fair to say that. Over, over the long term for your business, this is going to be um, massive. And I think... You and I have gone deep on this, right? On our Patreon, again, quick plug, patreon.com slash dropship podcast. All, op- all old episodes are free. All new episodes are just five bucks. So you can binge all old episodes for free uh, if you want to. Patreon.com slash dropship podcast. John and I went really deep here. And I, I don't want to go super deep on this episode. I'd, r- I'd rather keep it high level and then give you, you know, a couple peeks into some deepness, if you will. But for me, when when I when I think of SEO for anything, it bra- it's broken down into three parts, right? You have technical SEO, you have your on-page SEO, and you have your off-page SEO. And that's, to me, as simple as we need to make this for anyone thinking about SEO in their dropshipping business. John, I just want to jump right into technical. and <laughs> This is where we could get super nerdy, I guess. And I don't really want to get yeah. nerdy. I, I, I want to give some high-level overview of... All right, so first of all, just what, what is technical SEO? And then here's like, one or two things that you can do to maximize your ability to have good technical SEO on a Shopify business. Absolutely. Let's do that. So technical SEO to me is, I like to think of it as code, right? Like this is things that you can do in the back end in Shopify to make your website faster, cleaner, more organized for Google's robots, I think there's a few things you can do. There's a few things I do with every single client I work with. There's a few things I recommend um, everyone do that's in our course. And, you know, I, I would, there's probably a few things John recommends too that I'm not even thinking of. But I, I think Shopify, for the most part, has done a decent job of setting you up for success. Now, if you can tweak a couple things, you're going to have much more success, in my opinion. But it's not, there's not a lot of work you need to do on your Shopify theme. John, where's the where, how is shopify winning in your opinion already and like you know, is there certain tweaks you would do uh i'm happy to lay out literally my whole process here i just don't want to get too nerdy for people shopify is winning already from the technical perspective um in my opinion you know they just take a lot of things off the plate that you don't have to worry about so you know other things that are in the technical space like how, like hosting and all of that sort of thing. Like if you were hosting your own website, you'd have, there's a lot of technical SEO stuff in how your website's hosted 
which then ties into page speed. And so Shopify takes care of a lot of that stuff. You don't even have to worry about that and you have no control over it anyway, but they do a pretty decent job of that. Um, you know, for, for a theme to get onto the Shopify app store, it's, it's got to meet certain criteria. So they generally, I mean, we have particular ones that we recommend, of course, that we think are, are very good. So out of the sandbox, um, Superstore being the primary one, but they're very well coded. So out of the box, you're getting a really well coded site that is coded well with a few exceptions. And there are some things you would tweak as Ben mentioned, but generally speaking, they're really well coded for SEO, I think. Um, you know, the layout, the design, um, because once again, it's, it's, in some ways it's very, you know, one of, the, one of the criticisms people have of Shopify is that you don't have as much freedom with design and how the website looks as you do with other platforms. But at the same time, locking you into a certain kind of layout is actually good for some aspects of SEO, right? Because honestly, if people got to go wild with design, they would design these things that just don't load right right, that load terrible, uh, particularly with a lot of the new um, technical metrics that Google tracks like cumulative layout shift and all of this sort of stuff, Shopify takes a lot of that off your plate once again. So if you're somebody who's new to this, that's actually a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. Look, I just want to give a few tips, right? So Shopify is great. You can make it a little bit better. Uh, Precursor to giving any tips. Don't listen to Shopify's speed test in the back end. Don't listen to Google's speed test. Don't listen to any of that stuff because it's all garbage. If you're going to do anything, go to Pingdom, P-I-N-G-D-O-M, Pingdom, um, where they have some tools there where you can really see your speed. But if if all of you, all you did on a technical aspect was change a couple of these things I'm going to talk about, you're already winning, right? So we've talked about this before. We're huge fans of the app JSON LD. You should add that for schema markup. That's going to help. Maybe not so much on technical as, as on page off. It's just a thing you should do. It's 300 bucks. I would recommend you put this on every business that you have on Shopify. In that, we'll come with some organizational markup, which is just different type of schema markup. If you ever went to Google and searched anything, you've seen the varying types of uh, schema markup. I don't want to go too deep on there, but get that app. You should also have um, all of your images optimized. And so, you know, there's apps for this called like Crush Picks and other things. I don't like using apps for that stuff. Just do the do the work yourself. So before you put an image up onto your website, you should compress it. Go to compressjpeg.com, compress the image. It'll make it much, much smaller, which will make it load faster, which will also give you the opportunity to change the file name, uh, which is something we recommend in the course before you put it up there. The whole goal here is to speed up your site. So I would recommend that. There's a YouTube app called like a cozy video or something like that, that which will do, uh, which will not load your YouTube videos until someone actually clicks on them so that you're not running any extra JavaScript there. Um, and then, yeah, I would just, I would encourage you to not use as many apps as you think you need to use mostly the ones that are using JavaScript on the front end. So if they need to pull JavaScript for you to load a page, consider not using those apps. There's a lot of other things like, uh, you know, I would do some no indexing and some redirects and some 404 fixes and um, uh, get a human readable sitemap and things like that. But like, if all all you did was like make your images faster and throw on the JSON LD app and, you know, slow down the uh, lazy load, the YouTube videos, you're already 
way ahead of most of the general public who doesn't know what they're doing and they're putting their YouTube videos in iframes and pulling JavaScript from all sorts of apps. Just if, if all you did was those few things, I think you're winning in technical SEO. Now, certainly we could go further and we could do some crazier coding in the back end, but I don't think that's super necessary out of the gates. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So look, that's technical. We Again, we can go deeper if you want to. I don't think you need to. So just do those things um, as a beginner and you're going to see benefit. The big one is just compress your images, get smaller, not, not smaller size, smaller file size of the image, which again, will, will allow you to rename them as a file name, upload them, alt tag them, which gets us into on-page SEO, which I, I have a whole checklist for this. John, I shared that with you before you and I came together and you put it in the course. I think I've added a few things as well. I'm literally just going to walk through this checklist here and you tell me if I, I forgot anything. So first okay. off on-page SEO, is just what you would expect. It's on your page. And I actually, I used to do a, uh, a presentation on this that said on-page SEO is how good looking you are and off-page SEO is how good looking your friends are. And But what I mean by that is like you can control this on-page SEO. You can't control the off-page. You can go do some work. You can go buy some links. Don't tell Google. Um, but you, like, you can't control the off-page as much as you can control the on-page. And so when we talk about on-page, it's, it's, again, it's the things you can control. And Google has laid all of this information out for you on exactly what they want. They've told you, please give us websites that look like this. Follow these rules and we will reward you. And of course, um, other marketers have come out and found ways to uh, over-optimize this, which leads to Google upgrades. Um, Penguin, Panda, I'm sure you've heard some of these names before of upgrades to their search results where they, you know, they give a little slap to people who are over optimizing, who are doing more than what Google's asking because they see, Hey, if I do this a little harder, I'll rank better. Eventually Google catches on to these things. So John and I are very much of the camp of like, just give them exactly what they want. Find a mixture of giving Google's robot exactly what it wants and giving your customers exactly what they want. And we're all going to win here. Right? So on terms of SEO, we're focusing on this robot right now. But I would also, you know, keep in the back of mind, you're, you're serving a person here on the backside. So, John, do you have anything to add before I just run through this checklist? No, I think that's a pretty good summary of what on-page is. I mean, this is, yeah, this is one of the areas where it's, it, it, there's some, just some super easy stuff. If you're a beginner to SEO, there's a lot of just things you can get right here really easily. And it's not incredibly technical or complex or anything. So, yeah, jump into the list, man. I just want to jump in here real quick and say, if you're loving this show, the number one thing you can do to help us right now is to smash that subscribe or follow button and leave us a review. It really does help us to grow this show and reach more people. And you can do it right now while you're listening. And also, if you've got a friend or two that you know should be listening to this show, make sure you share it with them or just send them to dropshippodcast.com. We'd love to have them join us as well. And real quick, I've got two additional dropshipping resources that we would love to share with you. The first is our free dropshipping Facebook group called The Dropship Tribe. It's all about high-ticket dropshipping, and you can learn a ton in there. All you need to do is jump onto Facebook and search The Dropship Tribe, or go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash dropship tribe and hit the join button. 
Now, if you're loving the Dropship Podcast and you want more, we actually have a members-only version of this show where we go even deeper into high-ticket dropshipping. We do question and answers with our members, website reviews, teardowns, and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. It's just $5 an episode, which is like a cup of coffee. And as a bonus, you get free access to our entire back catalog of episodes when you join. So you can binge it without paying a cent. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash dropship podcast. And just as a note, you can find the links to both of those resources below in the show notes. Now let's dive back into the show. And again, we've gone deeper on this on a Patreon. I would encourage you to go there. Obviously, this is a little shorter of an episode, so I'm going to burn through it, but I'll try to do the best I can. So number one, your title has the main keyword. Your title on your Shopify website on a product is going to be the product title. On a collection is going to be the collection title. On a page is whatever you feel like making it, likely the title. That's going to be an H1. If you don't know what an H1 is, I would encourage you to go search what is an H1, what is an H2, so you understand what these terms are. You should only have one H1 on your page ever. Never have two H1s. The H1 is the most important thing on your website. On that page, that is the keyword you're trying to rank for. So your, your title better have the keyword you're trying to rank for. Front loaded is best. I would recommend having an H2 to start your description that supports the H1. Oftentimes, it's just like a different variation of the same keyword. So I, I, I often reference one of my pet products, which is liquid glucosamine for cats. Uh, glucosamine for cats and cat glucosamine are two different phrases, clearly, but they're the same keyword in Google's eyes. And so I'll likely use the one with more volume as my title, and I'll use the one with less volume as part of my H2, where I like to pose a question. Again, they kind of support each other. I like to only have one H2 on the page, although uh, your review headline, Judge Me, Stamp.io, they all have the ability to pull in your product title as the header in your review widget down at the bottom. So it would be product title reviews, which is a supporting keyword. I would recommend you do that little little nugget there. Other than that, I only have one H2 on the page. And then I use H3s to break up the sections of the page. And those two should be variations of the main keyword or supporting of the main keyword uh, as such. If you just did that, you again, you're way ahead of most people that, uh, that, that do none of these things. Um, but I want to go a little bit further. So I would recommend that you put images in your description. And with those images, you should compress them. You should change the file name of the image to actually describe the image. You should use an alt tag to describe the image. Again, imagine someone who uh, is unable to see the photo, describe it in the alt tag, describe it in the file name. And of course, when you're describing, you're likely going to hit one of the main keywords. I would recommend that. Don't stuff. Don't use the same one. Don't download an app that does this for you and literally uses your title for every single image. You don't want to do that. Describe the actual image. Uh, beyond that, I would recommend you do the YouTube code that we talked about before that's on my checklist. Uh, again, you can get an app for this that does a pretty good job or you can hard code it. I definitely, I prefer to hard code stuff, but uh, I think uh, I think it's called Cozy Video or something like that is a, a decent alternative. Uh, your URL should contain the main keyword. So if your slug is, um, and we just talked about this on a Patreon episode uh, where we broke down a mirror website. Uh, if, if you're have a collection about rectangle mirrors, your title and your URL shouldn't be rectangle. It should be rectangle mirrors or whatever you're trying to look to rank for. So whatever you're doing for your title, consider making that in your URL the same way. Like you're, you're the main keyword better be in your URL. It should be front loaded. Um, do your best to contain the main keyword in your, your URL. Uh, and then <clears throat> 
all links in in the description need to go to slash product only. That's a little bit deeper stuff. Basically, if you out of the box, a Shopify website goes to slash collection slash collection name. And when you click on a product inside of that collection, it goes to slash collection slash collection name slash product slash product name. Uh, in the course, we definitely talk about this where you should remove that. So you're you're going to slash product only. Make sure any links in the description are going to slash product only. Another rule I have on here is no links or headings. So if you have an H2 or an H3, those shouldn't be links in my opinion. You should have those as plain text somewhere in there if you're linking to something. And then the last piece I have for on-page SEO is really think about your meta description. So your meta description is what people see when they go to Google and search something. It's the description underneath the title, which you can also make a special title for Google search results page that's not actually the title of your page. For that description, I would recommend uh, you writing that so that it, it's not a ranking factor, but it, incre- it increases click-through rate if you do it right, which increases your rank, which it, it all helps in the end, right? And so I would encourage you to think about your meta description by asking three questions. Does my meta description contain the make main keyword so that it's bold if somebody searches the keyword I want to rank for? It's actually bold in the description. It's bold in my title. Does it tell them exactly what they're going to find when they land on my page so that when they actually land there, they're like, yeah, this is what I expected. They don't bounce. You don't want them to bounce. So tell them exactly what they're going to find and then tell them to actually click. That's it. So can you contain the main keyword? Tell them what they're going to find when they get there and then tell them to go there. That's it. Um, If you follow these basic principles, you're going to crush it. Like the majority of e-commerce folks are just not doing this. And definitely the majority of folks who aren't in John and I's course, they're not doing it at all. So I would recommend you just walk through that list and say, am I doing this on every single page, every single collection, every single product? And hopefully you have some unique content on that product page as well, uh, as well as the other pages. And that's it for me for on-page SEO. John, I, I'm talking way too much. you have anything to, to throw in here? No, that, that's a good list. And it's a good entry, entry level list for sure. I mean, a couple of things I'd probably add to that. The first one is it's a different topic, I think, and might be one that we cover on the podcast in and of itself, but um, definitely doing on-page SEO properly and knowing all of this stuff, you've got to do some keyword research. So I know it's, it's kind of a separate topic, but good SEO doesn't happen without keyword research. So Ben's talked a lot about, um, you know, making sure your title's got your main keyword in it and all of that sort of thing. You need to know what the keywords are that are relevant to your your niche, your market in the first place before you can know where you're going to put them. So, you know, that's something you've got to do. Uh, and the only thing that I that's probably missing off there is, you know, definitely your descriptions on your on your product pages. Right in the beginning, you're probably going to use you might use cut and paste supplier descriptions or something like that. At some point, those need to change. So your product description should be unique. Right, it should be unique and a minimum of three hundred words. Right, if if you're going to go less than that, you're going to have thin content issues on your site. And if you're using somebody else's product descriptions, you're going to end up at some point having duplicate content, which kind of crosses a little bit into technical, but it is it is on page. So, um, you know, once again, pretty simple things, um, but uh, can take you a, can take you a lot further. The only part that we didn't talk about here is, um, and I'm just looking through my old presentation, which by the way, uh, I should probably share this at some point because it's, uh, uh, I think I did a pretty good job. Maybe I'll share that for our students or something like this. But the only other thing I want to share is like off-page SEO, right? So we talked about on-page, that's everything you can control, your URLs, your H tags, your image optimization, your keywords, your content quality, your site speed, your structure, uh, your schema, your click-through rate, your bounce rate, mobile friendliness, blah, 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 blah. 
what you can't control likely other than going and buying these is links, right? And so I, I, I kind of want to rant. I, I just want to talk about links for a second, right? Um, the internet is filled with buyable links. Google doesn't want you to go buy links, but you can definitely go buy links. I want you to think about this two ways. Number one, if you, if you build good content, the links will come. I promise you that if you get out and actually promote this good content, people want to link to good content. So you're going to get the links that matter. And the other part of that, I would, I would just encourage you that every link you're considering going to get, if Google shut down tomorrow and nobody could use Google anymore, would you still want that link? Are you simply going to get that link because it has vanity metrics that people told you to go find or because it's on a website that is relevant to what you're talking about and their people want to come see your stuff. And like, if Google disappeared tomorrow, people would still go to that website and find your link and click through that. That's the type of link I think you should get. So, uh, just a little rant there of like, don't, I don't look, I bought links in the past. I'll buy links in the future. They work, but the ones that actually made a difference in our business are ones that we went out and built relationships and, and, found people in our industry who wanted to link to our amazing content and we wanted to work with them together. And so I would encourage you to, you know, get build great content first of all, and then go build relationships within your industry. Uh, and the other off page stuff that I have on my little list here is just, you know, authority, social signals, things like that. Do you want to touch on off page SEO? I know you have uh, a whole section of the course on how to, to gather links and, and there's many, many methods out there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We do talk about that quite a bit because it is an important aspect of SEO. And I, look, I completely agree with what you're saying. You, you can buy, there are so many links out there that you could buy. The should you question is is the right question to be answering because for probably a lot of those links, probably a majority of those links, no, you shouldn't because they're not they're not the ideal links for your business. And once again, it's not always a case of quantity there. Quality is very important. Quality is more important. The same as it is with your content that you're going to build on your site. Uh, it's quality over quantity. So you don't need uh, lots and lots of links if you've got good links, high quality links from you know, as Ben said, high quality websites that that people love um, and that Google also loves. So um, yeah, I think that's it. Look, I think there's probably a couple of other topics here that uh, I think we'll separate it into other episodes, uh, as I mentioned, keyword research, but also content. I think we haven't talked a lot about content on the on the podcast, but it is a big part. So content, other collection pages, blog posts, all of that sort of stuff. I think we should probably come back to that, Ben, and have a bit more of a talk about you know how do, how do people actually get started down that road for their business? Because we keep saying content, but we haven't really given any context to how people go about. I mean, I know you had an episode with. Um, uh, with a friend of ours where you talked about Katrina, content yeah. and all of that sort of thing. Um, but we can probably break some of that down a little bit further, just the two of us as well. And that'll be helpful. Yeah, and I think keyword research would be another one to go into, right? You can create all the content in the world, but if you're not targeting the right keywords, no one's going to find you. So, yeah, pointless. Um, yep, absolutely. I do want to give one little, one little nugget here on the end of this. So I haven't shared this presentation publicly yet, but I, I, I think I should at this point, at least with our students. But there's one section I wanted to show here. So when we talked earlier, on-page SEO is what you can control, off-page SEO is out of your control, essentially. The business that I'm representing here, we didn't do any off-page SEO. We did not go get acquire links on our own. We did none of the outreach. What we did do was all of the technical stuff I talked about and a couple other little coding things that we you know share in the course and I'll share openly. I just wanted to stay a little more high level on this show and we definitely did on that Patreon. And on-page SEO, we got, we got that checklist perfect across the site. And so what I wanted to show you... Um, 
and I, I'm just going to read it off here. So anyone listening to this can get the same vibe. Um, the year prior to me coming onto this business and helping this business, they had 7% of their users come from organic traffic for a total of 7,000 users and $0 in revenue. This is the year before they contacted me and we started working together. I came on board and we started working together and immediately dove hard into getting this keyword research, getting this on-page SEO correct and, and putting out good content. In year one of us working together, 27% of users came from organic traffic, 76,000 users, which produced $854,000 in revenue, right? So that's just in year one of really doubling down on this. Year two is where it got fun. Year two, 43% of all users that came to the website were from organic traffic. That resulted in nearly a quarter million users. 243,000 users came to the website that year. That resulted in $2,274,000 in sales. Um, this is a snowball. I can't imagine where that company is now. I would love to know, actually. Maybe I should reach out to them. But this was you know, back in 2018 where we were working together and doing crazy numbers only focusing on the shit we could actually control. So would links have put this through the roof? Probably. Um, we focus on what we could control, which is the technical and the on-page SEO and doing good keyword research and writing quality content. And you can see just after a couple of years that a quarter million users and two million, two point, almost $2.3 million in revenue, that's nothing to, uh, to squawk at. And that snowball just keeps on rolling if you just continue to put effort into this. Mm. And so I would encourage you to you know take this episode seriously. If you have a business going already, which I know tons of you do who listen to this, go implement this. If your product page is... If your collection pages, if your pages pages uh, don't have this checklist done, go get this done. Just get your H tags right. Get your images optimized. Do everything you can to give Google what it wants while also serving your customers and you'll end up being rewarded handsomely. Awesome. Great story. And on that note, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Dropship Podcast. You can find all the show notes for this episode at dropshippodcast.com. And if you're ready to take the next step in your dropshipping journey, we invite you to join us inside Dropship Breakthrough, where John and I will walk you through step-by-step step in starting your own high-ticket dropshipping e-commerce business. But that's not all. Dropship Breakthrough will also teach you everything you'll need to know to grow your business and take it to the next level. So head over to dropshipbreakthrough.com and sign up for our free training that will help you take the first steps towards building and growing your own profitable high-ticket dropshipping business. 